Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. This podcast was recorded at our last gathering. Teaching like this is how we worship together every other week. We look to the scriptures seeking to become more like Christ. We're glad you're listening. Good morning, everyone. It's a little warmer in here than it was last week. As many of you can feel that. Um, you know it's a good Sunday when you walk in and the hand warmers are not the first thing that you're greeted with. Um, yeah, just a, a, a couple of things um, before we, we jump into this morning's teaching. Um, and just a few things for the life of our church, particularly for our community. Uh, Carrie was walking to church this morning uh, from where she parked, and a lady frantically came and said she lost her two huskies and she's looking. Um, so she has a phone number of the woman who's looking. So if any of you are going to be walking around this afternoon or live in Lansdale, please connect with her um, and get that number. If you see some dogs roaming, you probably know where they belong. So thank you, Carrie, for noticing and stopping to see. Um, and then just another, uh, on, on a heavier note, um, Chrissy's uh, mom passed away yesterday. And so it's, uh, we, we grieve with you, Chrissy. And uh, we know that there is peace in this, but we also know that there's also a lot of heartache too. And so we're with you as a community. So I just want to stop and pray for uh, Chrissy and her dad and his family. Jesus, we thank you. Um, Lord, the, the tension that, that we speak of in this season is really brought to the forefront uh, in the Balecki household. But Jesus, we know that you're a God who's with us in our tears. We know that you're with us in the tears. We know that you're with Chrissy in the tears. We know that Chrissy's mom is made new in your presence this morning. So with that, with tear-filled eyes, we're able to rejoice and say thanks be to God. But Lord, I pray for uh, Chrissy and her family as they continue to grieve. May you help them to grieve uh, not as people without hope, but would you also help them to lean into it and not just throw Band-Aids on top of it? Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. Thanks for being the God of all comforts. Amen. So I have to be honest. Um, this morning, I, I, I'm really excited and nervous uh, to teach on, on peace. Uh, the second week of Advent traditionally is the week where we begin to look for peace and understand what that means. And so uh, I'm going to have um, um, just a, a time for us to listen uh, to a passage of Scripture here. And I want us to, to hear this. Um, some of us may need to kind of close our eyes and just listen. Uh, some may need to sort of look at something. I would love to draw your attention to uh, our quilt work that says peace. Maybe I'll bring it here just so we can take a better look at it while we're hearing the story. And so, Angela, could you come in and read? I'll, I'll just hold it. I'm... The shepherds of the angels, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks of them. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. 
This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who were lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Thank you, Angela. So I just want to take a minute, um, as we have opportunity, to, uh, to listen to one another. Um, what did you hear in that passage? Um, this is a familiar passage that we hear every year when it comes to this season. What things jumped out at you? They were terrified. Mm. Yes. Yes. Terrified in the midst of this beautiful message. Yeah, what else? What are some other things that we, we heard or we noticed or we saw as we closed our eyes? Yeah, from, from fearful to running. Yeah, yeah, as they went to see this baby. Yeah, who, someone else was saying something. The angels, yeah, you noticed the angels, yeah. Yeah, what else? Just a few more. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Like one more. What else? What else did we notice? Peace. Who said that? Yeah. There's this audacious proclamation that these, this heavenly choir makes that says, uh, peace. You. Yeah, and, um, just as we take a, a moment to, to just kind of look at this, what are things that we notice about the artwork for this Sunday? For those of you who are listening on our podcast, it is a quilted uh, art piece that says peace on it. Uh, but what, what, what do you notice? What strikes you in this? It's springy. What, what was that? Colorful, yeah. What else? Happy, okay, yeah. What else? What do you notice about this? Flowers? Yeah. Yeah, what does this preach to us about peace? There's growth. It's good. Yeah, what else? Can be bold. Yeah. Yeah, what else? Gives life. Yeah, gives life. Can be bold. Gives life. What else? You find it in the garden. Yeah, amen. Not in the winter and raking leaves, but yep, in the garden. Yes. Yeah. Comfort. Yeah. Beauty. 
Ah, it's meant to be shared. Cindy, did you realize people would see all this stuff when you made this? That's beautiful. Yeah, I think another thing is the beautiful picture of peace is that it's all these different things pieced together. Especially when it comes to a quilt. It's these things that don't necessarily seem to belong, but somehow are reconciled and put into something beautiful. And that's a, that's a beautiful picture of peace. I, I could, of peace. I could probably sit down now because I think you all have preached well to me um, this morning. But the truth is, as your pastor, I must confess, this is one of the hardest teachings that I ever really feel like I wrestled through. Um, Because I think peace seems to elude us in our culture. Uh, We don't live in a place that feels peaceful. Um, Anyone read through a news feed recently and just feel your blood boiling? Anyone have a conversation with a friend or loved one or coworker that just left you empty, void, and frustrated? Uh, Back in 2018 or 2010, I had this amazing opportunity to spend time in Israel as a seminary student. Um, And what was intriguing to me was what places uh, I sensed the Lord really capturing my heart. It was not what I expected. Um, I hope to encounter Jesus at the Mount of Olives or at the Mount of the Beatitudes or by the Lake of Galilee where Jesus walked on water or in his hometown or the possible site of his resurrection. Um, But where I experienced Jesus was a stop on the road as we were traveling from the Galilee region south uh, towards Jerusalem. And it was a mosque that looked like it had been destroyed and deserted. And it was pockmarked by bullet holes, bomb explosions, and graffiti. And we stopped and we got out to look around. And as I walked by a large hole, I watched an old man stand up, roll his prayer mat, and limp out of the building towards his car. He walked by with a smile and said in Arabic, peace be upon you. And we learned that this mosque was bombed out years ago. And this man, most likely in his 20s and 30s when this happened, and he has been coming to pray ever since. And it was at this space that I began to recognize this deep tension of seeing these amazing holy sites where Jesus walked, but recognizing his presence in these deeply broken spaces and places where Jesus healed and proclaimed the good news, seemed to be paired with difficulty that was right in front of our eyes. And the prayer for the Advent season continues in my heart to be, O come, O come, Emmanuel, because things are not at peace. And many of us, when we look at the picture of this mosque, we can identify or we think about things uh, that we've seen in our news feeds and in different things like that where this looks similar or maybe even worse. And some of us can identify because this is what our life feels like right now. Reminds me of the story that we find ourselves in this morning. The story of what the second Sunday of Advent is all about. As we look for peace, 
but it seems far off. When we talk about the birth of Jesus, we must also understand the political landscape at the time called Pax Romana. And so when Augustus Caesar defeated Mark Anthony, Antony and Cleopatra back in B.C. 31, Pax Romana began. And for Romans, it was this time where peace was present. And Romans kind of believed this idea that peace was not necessarily the absence of war, but when all their opponents were beaten into submission and unable to resist. During this time, the economy thrived. They were able to build roads, and we just saw trade and things come to life because of what was happening in this. And if you were a Roman, life was good. Central to the idea of peace was the two-faced god Janus, uh, who was one of the gods within the Roman uh, pantheon of gods. Uh, He was sort of this god that we don't know a ton about, but he was very important. Before any time any priest would get up to worship a different god, Janus would always be sort of talked about or honored. Uh, He's the god where we get the word January from. He was the god of the beginnings and the endings, the god of war and peace, of doorways, the god of doorways. So our contracting friends at the time probably really liked this guy. And he was also the god of transition, so our floor people liked him too. But he had a building dedicated to him in Rome. And in Rome, peace was officially achieved, and and Romans knew this when they would walk by the building dedicated to Janus and see that the doors had been closed. And they would then be open again during times of war. And people knew that what was going on in the world by looking at these gates. They were open in time of war and closed on the arrival of peace which in this culture did not happen very often. According to Orosius, he states that during Augustus' reign, the gates were closed three times, in 29 B.C., 25 B.C., and the gates of Janus were closed the third time in 1 B.C. And I wonder if while Mary and Joseph were en route to Bethlehem, that they were hearing heralders proclaiming glory to Caesar, peace on earth, Rome is mighty. This is not biblical. This is just what's going on in my head as I'm reading the story. But then we come to this peculiar story of an angel choir breaking forth in song. It's a story of a gate being opened, not a gate being closed. And it is in this year that the gates of war were closed in Rome that the gates of heaven were opened wide to the shepherds, the lowly, the crooked, the strange, the smelly shepherds. And Jesus being born in a podunk town to an oppressed, heavily taxed people to a teenage mom and dad who became refugees in another country in order to escape infanticide. He was born to people who, to the first visitors that he had didn't come to a hospital But they came to a cave for sheep that smelled like manure and feed. It was a cave that was used on the side of Bethlehem to raise the sheep ready for slaughter in the hill next over of Jerusalem. Family didn't show up on this joyous occasion. Crooked shepherds did. 
And because this is good news to the world, it has to begin with the lowest and the smallest because the kingdom of God is trickle-up policy. It's never trickle And the kingdom of heaven never closed its doors for peace, but opens them wide because there is no such thing as peace without God's presence to us. Peace is God come down, not God shut up. And this is not quite the Norman Rockwell painting that we may have had in mind as we think about Christmas with the snow and the barn and grandma and grandpa showing up. But God's rescue mission comes in the dark during political unrest, wars, famine, fear, and shame, and we sense the tension. This is the story of peace coming to earth. And in the midst of the bombed out mosques and the bombed out lives, we hear the hopeful audacity of the heavenly choir singing glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. My friend, it's it's in 2018 that peace seems so far away to many of us. Some of us think peace is, I I feel like in in a lot of ways, peace is kind of like the Sasquatch riding the unicorn off into the sunset. It only finds its space in the fairy tales. When we think about peace globally, locally, and personally, we are bombarded with stories of human trafficking, of global water crisis, of racism that has never fully died but continues to press on. Wars and rumors of wars, mass shootings, opioid epidemics continuing to rise. Personally, we think about the broken relationships. We grieve the loss of our loved ones. We experience shame, anxiety, and depression. Family and relational tension continues to be the news feeds of our own lives. And that is an appropriate response. And yet... The angels still proclaim to us today, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Because peace is the rule and reign of God. The peace that the angels proclaim is more than a political ideology that was enforced. It was and is the person of Jesus. That God sends his son to come and to bring peace. That peace is God with us, not as a tyrant king or a war hero or an oppressor, but as a liberator, a rescuer, and a reconciler. Biblical peace can never be voted into office. It cannot be enforced with guns because peace outside of God's rule and reign will always look like bombed out mosques. Peace outside of God's rule and reign will always look like walls being built up. Because Jesus calls us as his followers to build stairways and not walls. And the biblical view of peace includes the least of these and the neighbors who live next door and even our enemies. Because peace comes in a person and in the person of Christ. And it comes as a kingdom, an actual physical rule and reign that has roots in the reality and everyday spaces of our life. And we look forward in anticipation, hoping and knowing that one day the peace in which we hope for will come. And we will, along with the angels in heaven and the world, be able to to stand in the presence of God and his rule and reign and to recognize that all is reconciled. Peace comes in the person of Christ. 
And that peace comes only, it begins and ends with the reconciling work of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. My friends, we will never find peace outside of Jesus. I don't think it's possible. And when we think about peace, we live in a culture that says that really when we talk about peace, the main thing we talk about is, is personal inner peace. And so if we can do the right things and make this, we'll, we'll be at peace with ourselves. But the truth is, is that's like half of it. Because there's something that's so inherently selfish about only focusing on ourselves. Because what I love about the picture of biblical peace that, that we see throughout the scriptures is that it is wild with this picture of a lion and a lamb or wolf and lambs playing together and children playing by the dens of vipers. It's a picture of vegetarian lions. It's this wild picture of people being in right relationship with one another. And sometimes I feel like that feels so far away. But what I recognize is part of being in a Jesus community like Renew is it's starting to become closer and closer and closer. Because the ways we reorient our lives through the beautiful gift that we have of confession, where we confess our Un unpeacefulness, our heart, our shame, our guilt, our sin to a God who does not condemn, but a God who forgives. And that is where peace begins, with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. In his death, the disciples saw peace die, and in his resurrection, they were scared to death. And I love that the first thing Jesus says to these disciples is, peace be to you. In the midst of their shame and their fear and their grief, Jesus' words are, peace be to you. And that is the truth, is that we are part of a relate. We have an opportunity to be in relationship where we are loved by God, that we know whose we are and who we are. And that's where peace really comes into play when we recognize whose we are and who we are. But we are called as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to be peacemakers not peace avoider, not conflict avoiders. And there's a difference. My friends, I am a conflict avoider by fault. I mean, if there's conflict and I see it, I will almost all the time run the other direction. Even if I'm standing there, my mind is like, you know, in my mind, I've gone to Carolina like many, many, many times and I am there because conflict is scary. But peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is reconciliation. It's working to find where we can begin to build relationship. And what I love is when we think about peace, we have this picture of a God who dies with his arms wide open. It's this picture of reconciliation, of embrace, of being with. Because we are called to become people of peace by loving people well that continue the hard work and reconciliation just by hands. How many people have a relationship in their life right now that feels like peace is nowhere near that relationship? Just, yeah, a few of us. Okay, some of us, right? It's hard. And when we come into these times of the holidays when we're forced to kind of be around some of these people, it makes it even more difficult. One of my favorite stories of, of seeing peace kind of show up in the midst of turmoil is I, Chrissy shared a story with me a few months ago of um, a boss who was like 
just a terrible person and not very nice. And she just prayed for him and uh, or her. And there was this 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 thing where she was kind of standing in the way of Chrissy getting this thing that would be a huge blessing for her family. And somehow in the midst of all this, this boss ended up just sort of doing the opposite of what she's done in the past and becoming like this person of peace. And I love that story because even in the midst when we feel like peace just never comes and it's never there, it begins with prayer. It begins in hope. And that's why I think there's something so brilliant about how Advent begins in hope and it moves to peace because guess what? Peace is never going to be an option if we can't get hope right. And hope is hard because it means it's not yet realized. But even as followers of Jesus, we have to recognize that peace is possible. Because Jesus gives us the peace of Christ, it has the ability to saturate our lives and to move out away from us. And what I appreciate about this community is that as followers of Jesus, we get to practice peace in the midst of this Advent season. And I want to challenge us with a few really simple things on how we can begin to practice peace. Number one is pray. If you feel like peace is just gone and there's a lot of tension and chaos, what I love is Jesus looks at wild storms and he says, peace be still, and they're still. What I also love is peace is not just about a state of mind, but it's actually somehow rooted deeply in relationship. And so, Renew, this is my challenge. I want you to practice peace this season by grabbing a coffee with someone, by sitting face-to-face with with another human being by learning their names, by hearing their stories, by being present to them. I want to challenge us that we need to be continually reminded as a community of whose we are and who we are. And that this is a safe place for us as people who are seeking peace to be able to talk to one another about what's actually happening in the internal spaces. I was honored last week to have a conversation with Neil and he said, how, how was your week? And I was able to say, was not very good. Felt like there was just a lot of tension and it was just a hard week. Felt kind of down. Felt like it was difficult. And what I loved is Neil didn't go, mm, loser. But he actually texted me this week and said, how was your week this week? And what I felt is this beautiful freedom to say, actually, it was quite good. In the midst of all the turmoil of preaching of peace, I felt this peace this week that wasn't present last week. But that we would be a safe community that's able to bear each other's burdens together. Peace begins in there and is stoked in there. I love how we, uh, when you walk out and you look at the, the, the blue horseshoe where when you see the kids shaking the machine, the vending machines, right next to there, you see these boxes. And these beautiful boxes are filled with food. This is like an offering of peace to families that don't have much in this season. And I appreciate that that is a practice And yeah, it may not have cost a ton. It may not have been this huge sacrifice, but for a lot of us, it is a sacrifice. But that's another step of beginning to practice peace because Jesus comes with us. That's how peace comes to our lives. And then we get a chance to be conduits of that peace and to share it with others. I love that this box, you know, instead of Advent, we should just call it the peace box because this has this beautiful opportunity to set people who are trafficked People who are sold and bought into slavery, this has the beautiful opportunity of setting them free. Something as simple as giving a few bucks can really change the life of a person. That is peace. That is proclaiming peace to the captives. 
that peace is this beautiful relational opportunity that we have. Like this is like second level stuff. If you're one of those people and you have a relationship that's really intention, this morning, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a coworker, I wanna challenge you to reconcile to the best of your ability, to enter into the hard work of just understanding what it is to reconcile, to love the person, even if it seems like it's irreconcilable, but it, that has to begin in prayer. Because what I love is we get a picture of peace as we look at the life of Jesus. And here's what I, I want to challenge us too with. We're not called to be people that know what peace is in our head. We're called to get our hands dirty in the work of peace. Um, and we can learn that by looking at the life of Christ. Jesus continued to speak peace to people when he rose from the dead. And I just imagine being Peter and the disciples sitting there feeling the shame and the, the shame of like denying Christ, of running away, the grief of watching their best friend die the fear of seeing him back alive again, and Jesus speaks peace to them. He speaks peace. To the storms and the raging seas, he speaks peace. To the things that are going on right now in your soul, he speaks peace. And so Advent is the season when we are reminded that we can crawl right up to those stairs where the angels of heaven are ascending and descending and commune with the God who wants to be with us because God's doors are wide open. And I want us to end this morning in a beautiful practice. And this is another way we can practice peace. And that's with the passing of the peace. And so what we do is, is with the passing of the peace is we open up our arms and we embrace the person next to us. And we just say the simple words, peace. And then we pass the peace around the room. But I want us to end with that. And then when we're done passing the peace, I want us to sit and just be still. And a few images are going to pop up behind you. And I just want you to just take a look at them and let the Lord kind of work in your heart in those moments. So let's pass the peace. Please stand. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.